Um, tonight, we would like to welcome the one and only Chairman Sherrod Zulu of the New African Black Panther Party. He's joined us today to discuss the Hassan Shakur Community Center in Newark, New Jersey. Welcome, Zulu. Glad to have you here. Is he on mute? Um, no, I, I turned his mic back on. And maybe you have it muted on your computer itself. We can't hear you. Yeah, it's still not working. <laughs> it's we. I, I can't hear anything at all. Um, you're breaking up too, Chelsea, and it might actually be my signal. Give me a second to. Well, but mine's fine, and I can't hear him. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't hear anything you're saying, Sherrod. Oh. I'm still here, one sec. Okay. Oh. Hello. Um, I've got you go on the All right, we back there on we go. now. That is perfect. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Are we on live yet? Hope we ain't yes, on live we just yet. We all are. Wow. <laughs> well, the people will understand. All power to the people. So let's go all ahead power. and get busy. Absolutely. Uh, we've been really looking forward to this um, sometime now. So I'm glad to be able to sit down with you and have a conversation. That's what's up. Thank By the way, this is Thank my coworker Chelsea. I'm Chelsea. Oh. It Thank says you. that I'm Trisha right now, but I am not Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> at least it's not shows on screen where it's you know labeling you yeah. Trisha. I don't know why the computer did that, that but. <laughs> But I see James is logged in and watching. Hi, James. Welcome. Well, we want to be able to dive right in and basically let you tell your story of how you came to this. We, we do have a few questions to ask you. Um, but for the most part, uh, we would just love to hear everything to this Chelsea, I believe you had the first couple of questions. Well, I didn't know if we wanted him to just start, if he had something to start off with, and then maybe he would answer our questions before we asked them. I didn't know if he had, I, I didn't know exactly how we wanted to do this. I wasn't really briefed on that. Um, so if you have um, just an opening or anything like that we can go with that or i can start with questions um it, it doesn't all matter all power to the people all power to the people all so power. first let me thank you for we are many for allowing me to participate on your program 
And secondly, let me also thank your audience for allowing the Panther Revolution to be aired over your airways and being receptive to our message. So today I'm here to deliver a message to the people, a revolutionary message that will hopefully inspire and bring them into political life. So thank you for allowing me to be on your show and I'm willing to talk about all of the issues that pertain to the liberation and freedom of our people. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yes, we appreciate you taking the to do this and bring people up to date on the activities of the Panther Beat. Our audience is keen to uh, a lot of the Panther teachings because part of what we have been doing in our book club, uh, we have read Bobby Seal's Seize Time. Um, we're in the middle of reading Eldridge Cleaver's Soul on Ice. Uh, Panther is very important because it's enlightening and how to bring the ideas of Marx and Lenin and Mao into present day and people how to live collectively and take care of because that's what we're here for. All power to the people. And let me emphasize that the reason why we emphasize uh, political education as an instrument of liberation, not just for the mind, but also for the body, is because when you read, it exposes you to a whole new world. You see things that you can't see living a helter-skelter lifestyle. The masses of the people every day get up to go to work. They take their kids to school. And then you have our brothers and sisters on the block that are constantly searching for a means to survive in a hard, cold, deleterious world. And so reading our people, oppressed African people uh, in this society and working class people broadly are not a reading people. And that's why we emphasize that reading must be coupled with practice. And so for us, our political education, Conrad, you talked about studying uh, the Panther Revolution and uh, what we teach. I think what is fundamental there is inspiring the masses to become agents of change in their community, building base areas of social, cultural, and political life. This is the test. This is the meaning of why we fight. This is the meaning for our existence. Can we build amongst our oppressed people in the brown community, in the white community, in the black community, a coalition that is capable, that is strong enough to withstand the harshness of the enemy system at the same time build an oasis or a space for our brothers and sisters in the community to talk together, to read together, to eat together, to struggle together. So this is what political education gives us. It gives us a burning desire to do something. And so I just wanted to appreciate that statement you made, uh, Conrad, by piggybacking off uh, what you said. All power to the people. All power, absolutely. Um, I think my first question is from Rob. Um, 
he asked what did your political journey look like and what led you to Panthers? Obviously all power to the people. But um we just want to know the actual like details of that. All power to the people. Thank you for that. And I'm glad that I'm able to explain this. I think a lot of comrades and friends around the world don't know that I was a Panther for a long time. I was a Panther when I was a teenager. In fact, the enemies know because they have it documented in their books in the prison system. I joined the Black Panther Revolution in 1998 when I was a very young kid. I was a nationalist, Black nationalist. I didn't understand Marxism, Leninism, Maoism in depth as I do today. I didn't have an understanding of the international geopolitical order as I do today. I didn't understand the international ruling class, the international monetary fund, the World Bank. None of that stuff figured into my imagination because I had a very low understanding of revolutionary politics. In fact, I was at the base, and that and we called the base uh, essentially nationalist politics. So I learned a lot about Africa. I learned a lot about the golden periods. I learned about the dynasties uh, and Kemet, what they call Kemet, the, the enemy call it Egypt today, but uh, our brothers and sisters called it Kemet. I learned about that stuff and it gave me a limited worldview. You know, it gave me a sort of cultural nationalist or what Huey P. Newton called pork chop nationalist worldview. And it was limited to building businesses. It was limited to getting people elected into office. It was limited to building and developing a nonprofit organization. Let me tell you, comrade, in the enemy prison system, a lot of brothers uh, have very, very good talent. Some are musicians, some are artists who can draw, some can write books, others can do medical work. They all sit in the prison cell. But without a revolutionary consciousness, they end up developing a reformist perspective on how to address the socioeconomic conditions in our community. And so a lot of cats come up with nonprofit measures uh, 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 in hope that it will lead to a resolution uh, of this oppression and exploitation in our community. But when I joined the Panthers that was based in California on the Kwaku Doran in 1998, I began to see myself in relationship to the world. I began to see my community uh, as a community that deserved to be happy, as a community that deserved housing, good housing, as a community that deserved good education, and that I was a problem, I was a predator. And that gave me the opportunity to commit what we call in a revolutionary movement, class suicide. I abandoned my lumping way of thinking, my criminal way of thinking, my parasitical way of thinking, and I joined on to the proletarian struggle, the working class. And so I became a revolutionary at a time when it was fashionable, Conrad, in the prison in the early 2000s to call ourselves revolutionary but gangster. That's where that RBG thing came from. It's reactionary, backward, and retrograde in hindsight. But at the time, 
that's the stage of consciousness that a lot of us prisoners were dealing with. And so it was only when I joined and helped develop the New African Black Panther Party that I became a full uh, communist, a full New African revolutionary communist dedicated to the overthrow of capitalism, imperialism, white supremacy, and all these other nasty isms around the world that have the people at each other's throat. All power to the people. Fuck yes. Um, I'm curious, how did the center come to be? What path from there forward brought you guys to this point to being able to open up this community center? All power to the people. So you asked me a question. How did we acquire the Hassan Shakur Community Center? And it's fitting that you asked that question. A lot of brothers and sisters in the North community would have known how we acquired this community center outside of the brothers and sisters in the North. And so I want to go right now on record and say, initially we acquired the space by taking it we squatted it the place we took it over and we said this is the property of the community it belonged to the revolutionaries and we would not give it back that's how we acquired the property later on i wrote a, later on i wrote a letter to Raz baraka who is the mayor of north new jersey in that letter, I explained that the nature and purpose of a revolutionary organization is to do away with the dirt, filth, and poverty that are hurting our brothers and sisters by lifting them up through education, by lifting them up through cultural programs, by lifting them up through uh, 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 actual involvement in political life. I said that the Hassan Shakur Community Center will be a beacon of resistance. The Hassan Shakur Community Center would be a beacon of love, and it would be it will reverberate around this community as an independent institution. We're not receiving funds from any local or national or state government. We're not receiving any funds from any local or national nonprofit organization. We're not receiving any funds from any banks or any lending institutions that are connected with the capitalist enemy system. Our nickels and dimes come from the masses of the brothers and sisters in the community that are contributing every day a dollar here, uh, a penny here, five cents here. And so the Hassan Shakur Community Center initially came into our grasp because the community told us, you've been out here for two years serving the people, food, serving the people that were homeless, serving the people that were displaced in housing, coming to the aid of our brothers and sisters that were being brutalized in the streets by the police. You have come to the aid of our brothers and sisters at every facet of North New Jersey. Therefore, you should go ahead and take this building. This is what the community said, combat. And so that's how we acquired the space. And after I wrote to Ross Baraka, who is the mayor of North New Jersey, they invited me downtown 
to Newark, New Jersey, in Newark, New Jersey, at City Hall to sign a piece of paper giving the new African Black Panther Party uh, complete and total ownership of that building. We had to put down a million dollar insurance on it in order to get the city to sign off on it. So that's how we came into the building. It's on the record, and I'm glad I was finally able to tell the brothers and sisters because uh, I want this to serve as a model across the country. You see a place that is empty, that is abandoned, that is a blight, and you can refurbish it, you can rehab it, and you can turn it into a property that will benefit the community, take it. It belongs to the people. Take it and deal with the oppressors later. All power to the people. Hell yeah. I love what you did there. That's beautiful. That's what we need to see more of because when it comes down to it, these abandoned properties that are in every major city across the country, the sad empty, those are the people's properties. We got every right to be able to seize those and make use of them for benefit to the community. That's All power to the people. All power to the people. And let me just say this, comrade, uh, since we're talking a little bit about property, I just want to you know, educate some of our brothers and sisters on this idea of property versus uh, collective property versus individual property. I think that for a long time, African people, oppressed people, brown people who have been at the bottom of the economic and political system have this idea that acquiring a house, acquiring a car, or getting a big job uh, will enable them to live a life free of strife. And I think history points out no matter how much you melt into the enemy system, you can become uh, the president of the United States. And we have that example with Barack Obama. And nothing has changed for African people, for oppressed people, for uh, our brothers and sisters around the world, except Libya lost its leader when the United States dropped a bomb killing Muammar Gaddafi and his government. Syria can't function because United States and NATO dropped bombs on Syria. The Middle East is in flames as a result of what's happening in Yemen every day. Millions of our Yemen brothers and sisters over the last eight years have died as a result of bombs being dropped by France, Britain, Germany, United States, all supporting Saudi Arabia, which is a puppet monarchy in the Middle East, doing the bidding of imperialism. So I'm not sold on this fake love, this fake hypocrisy they're showing for Ukraine. Re revolutionary politics allowed me, it gave me the ability to see behind the smoke screen. And I can tell you right now, comrade, we're living at a time where the revolution, the Panther Revolution, and when I use that phrase, let me delineate what I mean. The Panther Revolution states, we want to build base areas of social, cultural, and political power in the oppressed community, coupled with the overthrow of capitalism, imperialism, and the establishment of socialism. That's Panther Revolution in a nutshell. 
And the reason why I thought it was necessary to delineate that is because you have a thousand groups out here calling themselves Panthers or a Panther movement. And these groups don't have a fundamental understanding of Pantherism one-on-one. That's why you can see them propping up the red, black, and green everywhere they go and not prop up the uh, sky blue flag that was founded by the original Black Panther Party. That's why you don't see them teaching uh, 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 Pantherism one-on-one because they don't subscribe to that. That's why you don't see them in the community with base areas, serve the people programs, because they don't subscribe to that. They have an ideology that is coupled with religion. And so it's necessary for the Black Panther Revolution to distinguish itself. And so when we say we are the Panther Revolution, we're saying that we are socialists, we're Marxist-Leninists, we're communists. We're saying that we are a part of the left spectrum, not a part of the pork chop cultural nationalist spectrum. All power to the people. Right. Y'all teach the 10 Black Panther program to instill those things and that ideology, teach people what it is. And I love seeing that because that is essential to the Panther movement to have a basic understanding of that 10 point program. All power to the people. And the 10 point program is a simple document. It's a document for the mothers, the brothers, the sisters, the grandmothers in the community. It's for the corporate man. It's for the brother and sister on the bottom. All it calls for is, is, it states we want power. And power for us comes in the shape of being able to determine and define our political, economic, and cultural destiny. So I will document, I will admit the 10 point program that was written by the original Black Panther Party, as Conrad Huey P. Newton said, is a reformist document. But it's also a document to lift the blinders from the eyes of our oppressed brothers and sisters who don't see housing as a human right, who don't see education, medical care as a human right. They see these things as commodities. They see these things as luxury items because the oppressor told them you can't get this unless you subscribe to A, B, and C. And so we have to teach them that housing, by virtue of you being a human being, is a human right. You have a right to free your body from the elements of the earth. You have a right to decent, adequate medical care by virtue of being a human being. You have a right to enlighten and expand your intellectual outlook with all kinds of books, with all kinds of opinions, with all kinds of views. And it should be free by virtue of you being a human being. But our enemy is in power. Our enemy have the guns. Our enemy have the television. Our enemy have the country. They murdered and murdered their way to power. And so they're able to blind us, confuse us, weaken our movement by having us fight for what we call identity politics. So our 10-point program is not merely to 
have folks get a better house or have folks understand what education is about, but to drive them into action in the community as resistance, as freedom fighters, as folks that care about their brother and sister down the street who don't have anything to eat. That's the job of a revolutionary organization to get folks active in the community, not get folks active in single-based issues. The revolution will not, will not happen along cultural identity lines. The revolution is a class struggle and the Black Panther is geared towards that struggle. And, and the only, only resolution we think for oppressed people here in the United States and around the world is revolution, socialist revolution, all power to the people. I do want to take it back to um, what you said about um, people going for individualist gains and things like that. We've actually been, we actually covered that in our last essay. Um, we're reading um, Killing Rage, Ending Racism by Bell Hooks. Oh, power um, to people. And so this last um, essay that she talked about um, was talking about individual black people being happy with um, physical means being met, like just because that's what they worked for in those times after the civil rights movement was just, they were satiated with this whole, I can have what white people have um, and not realizing that like only certain white people have those things. And so it was kind of like moving yourself into being satisfied individually without having any communal responsibility anymore. Well, to the people. Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, no, no, I get your question. I think that when you delineate that kind of individualistic, materialistic world outlook, it has a particular context that we must put it in. When you look at slavery here in America and you had a group of blacks on one plantation that perhaps had better clothes than other blacks on another plantation, perhaps were able to have Sunday school in the field while others couldn't on other plantations. And so when these blacks, these slaves would visit each other, visit each other's slave masters plantation, they would get into arguments with each other over who had better shoes or who had a better hut or who had better raggedy pants. And these slaves would literally come to blows fighting, defending the interests of their slave master because they were indoctrinated. They were educated to believe themselves as beasts of, of the field and believe their slave masters as being ordained by God. And so they adopted a very inferior attitude of themselves and they adopted a superior attitude of the slave master. And over time, the slave master car became the desire of the slave. The slave master's house became the desire of the slave. The slave master's job became the
the desire of the slave because the enemy said that this was a mark of success. And so when the brother and the sister who can't get the car, can't get the job, can't get the house, they look upon the enemy system and say, you have told me a lie. You have bamboozled me. You have hood with me, hoodwinked me. Therefore, they go into the streets and they commit crimes to get that car, to get that house. And so the enemy system is directly responsible for the degradation, the humiliation of and exploitation of our communities. I don't give a goddamn how many blacks you have in power, how many Latinos you have in power, or how many friendly anti-imperialist whites you have in power. The enemy, the ruling class, the 1%, our oppressors have designed our community. And so it's important, brothers and sisters, to understand that individual individualism is a cancer in our struggle. It teaches you to be about yourself. It teaches you to want only for yourself. It teaches you to look upon the collective as being poisonous. But the revolution, the Panther Revolution, want to indoctrinate and educate in our brothers and sisters that sharing your bowl of rice with one another is not a crime. Sharing your cup of water with those who are dehydrated is not a crime. We have to begin to build amongst our brothers and sisters this idea that I am we, that I am we. So I won't pick up a gun and meaninglessly shoot you down if I believe in you as my brother or as my sister. I won't run into your house to take your furniture or your TV or whatever little bit of money is there if you are my brother, if you are my sister. But if we don't educate our brothers and sisters that collective struggle is the road to freedom, then our oppressor is going to educate our brothers and sisters that the individualistic role is the one they should be on because that's the role will break up the unity uh, that we need to strike down this oppression and to build up in our community an oasis of love and respect and dignity for one another. All power to the people. Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's that, that speaks towards ethics, the lack of ethics in the government and the 1% of not giving any kind of fucks, but the ethics that we as the proletariat need to learn because ethics will teach you that anything that is required for survival is therefore a human right. Whether it is housing, food, education, medical care, all of these things that we call for, that these are literally oh, human rights. And there's no arguing oh, that power. when it comes to the lines of ethics. Oh, power to the people. And I think that's where our movement is lagging behind other revolutionary movements around the world. And that is, we don't have a revolutionary ethical culture in our movement. We don't have this ethical understanding that what I want for myself, I want for you. Because we are too busy 
mesmerized by the dollar bill. We're too busy mesmerized by the trickets of the enemy. By all means, I need to get this car. By all means, I need to land this corporate job. By all means, I need to send my kids to Harvard or to Brown or to Yale University. And our uh, brothers and sisters in the community have been educated in this way by our enemy. And so it's necessary at the beginning stages of this revolutionary socialist struggle that we put forward a different alternative education, one that brightens up their spirit, one that lifts up collective struggle, one that gives credence to sacrifice. In our community, our brothers and sisters are told, and in other communities are told, stomp on your neighbor, kick them out of your way. In fact, run them over if you can to get to a dollar bill. And that is poisonous, that is toxic, that is reactionary, and that is fear. the veins, that is the veins from which the enemy uses to weaken and dilute the revolutionary proletarian struggle. So we have to be about unity and collective struggle. All power to the people. Absolutely. I'm curious, so what kind of alliances had to be forged and how did you gain the support of the community in order to bring all this together to now have the, what I believe is the first Black Panther office to open in around 50 years? All power to the people. I think that, and it's, it, I get this question all the time and I hesitate to answer it because I don't want the new African Black Panther Party to be seen as unique. I don't want the new African Black Panther Party to be seen as a uniquely revolutionary organization that is different from every other group in the country. To make that statement would be false. There were groups out here. There were Panther groups out here. Uh, especially in New York and Jersey City, you had the new Panther Vanguard under Comrade Breeze from Jersey City. They were making a start at rebuilding the original Black Panther Party. They had a newspaper circulating long before the National Alumni for the Black Panther Party Association came out there. They had groups that were trying to keep alive the legacy. Absolutely. I think what distinguished the new African Black Panther Party was our unique development. We started in the prison cell between two individuals. I wrote a letter to Rashid. Rashid wrote a letter to me and hence the development of the new African Black Panther Party. And I think coming to Coming home in 2019 was an opportune time to organize because police repression was everywhere. Our brothers and sisters were being shot down everywhere. You had the Sterling Alton uh, shooting. You had the Breonna Teller shootings. You had the George Floyd shootings last year. You, uh, you had uh, prison conferences that were taking place uh, 
the beginning of last year, beginning, uh, yeah, last year and 2020, you had a lot of brothers and sisters in the community marching on the United Nations. You had groups in New York, December 12th movement. You had uh, Puerto Rican, Boricuas, uh, uh, and I apologize, Conrad, they may be looking tonight. I apologize for butchering their name. But you had the Boricuas in New York. Uh, you had a lot of groups that were coming right off the hills of the Occupy Wall Street insurrection. And I call it an insurrection. That's what it was. Uh, not a revolution, but an insurrection. And so consciousness was in the air. And when the New African Black Panther Party took on the issues here in the city of Newark around prison, they were trying to build the prison here in the city of Newark in 2019, right on South Orange Avenue, where the Hassan Shakur Community Center is located at. And so we took on a campaign every Friday. We called it No Prison Fridays. And for three months, three months, we led the masses on South Orange Avenue in constant and consistent struggle against this prison. And it culminated into almost what uh, 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 a 2000 march uh, on South Orange Avenue uh, where Governor Murphy, the uh, Ross Baraka, the Attorney General Gruber at the time were forced to come out and say, we're not gonna build this prison here in the city of North. That was the job, that was the work of the New African Black Panther Party. We stopped that prison for two years straight. We fed people on these corners two years straight when the water was horrible here in the city of North, where lead was everywhere. Pick up a cup of water and drink it, you may die. That's how bad the water was. Well, we took on that fight. We took it to the steps, doorsteps of the mayor. So the New African Black Panther Party was agitating, educating, and organizing in the community long before folks got whiff of our work here in North New Jersey. And so I think the people are hungry. The people have a desire. In fact, let me say it this way. Minister uh, of Defense Huey P. Newton said that power is the ability to look at a phenomenon and make it act in a desired manner. The New African Black Panther Party has, have looked at the lack of housing, have looked at the lack of education, have looked at the police brutality rampant in our community, have looked at the bad water, and we brought people in, into the streets in order to get those in power to act in a righteous desire so the people can be free of all of those poisons. So we've been doing the work. And that's what comrades and brothers and sisters around the country must understand. Revolution is not an instantaneous thing. Building base areas where the you become one with the people, you live with the people, you struggle with the people, you fight with the people, you love with the people, you marry with the people. That's a protracted process. The people will not give you legacy just because you you say you have a program or just because you want to run for office. You have to get in there, mix it up, get in the trenches. Show the brothers and sisters that you're sincere, that you have what we call in the movement, that organic, authentic spirit 
of love. All power to the people. That is absolute praxis right there. Hand in hand with the theory to go with it. It takes all of that and that love because that truly is what fuels actually having a revolution is loving that much, giving that much of a damn about everyone around you and wanting to lift everyone up. Oh, power to the people. That's right. That's right. And let me say, comrade, that for those who think love is a punk thing or a cheap thing or a emotional thing, love is a liberating thing. Love is a world-changing thing. Love have the ability to bring people in distant places on the earth together by virtue of an idea. I love Mousy Tone. I love France Fanon. I love Kwame Nkrumah. I love Asada Shakur. But I have never seen or met any of these people. It is their values, their sacrifice, their desire to be free, their ideas is what I love. And that's what revolution is about. They can say, how could us, us proletarians, us communists around the world endure some of the harshest repression, pull out our nails, pull out our teeth, throw us in a cell for 35 years. Jalil Mutakin did 53 years. That's torture. And they were why we don't break. Because revolutionaries are motivated by a higher ideal of supreme love. That is a love that is far more superior than the love that simply comes with you're my wife or I'm your husband. I'm talking about a love that encapsulates people all over the earth. So I'm able to stand up against injustice when it happened in Yemen, when it happened in Africa, in Latin America, in the Caribbeans, because their hurt is my hurt. Their happiness is my happiness. And their love is my love. Love is a revolutionary thing. And brothers and sisters in the movement should start practicing it and stop being so militaristic and aggressive with one another. Love your brother. Love your sister. We all we got. We all we need. A revolution will certainly be on the order of the day if we allow revolutionary love to run rampant in our movement, brothers and sisters. All power to the people. Absolutely. Um, so Rob's question now in the comments is it was sort of answered and I wrote down the time it was 1430. Um, but he wants to know um, how can people support the center and build it up and Oh, I, I think that you'd already mentioned something about this, but I'm, if you want to go into more detail, um, I think that that would. Oh, yeah. Let me just, I want to lay out the agenda of the Hassan Shakur Community Center for our brothers and sisters in the Absolutely. community. I want them, I want them to know what we will, what kind of program we will be having at the community center. I think the first program we're going to develop is the Liberation School. 
the liberation school is modeled after the original black panther party i'm talking about the very very first school uh that the uh, black panther party developed before it became the uh intercommunal youth institute and eventually the public school system of oakland we're going to develop a liberation school where we teach the fundamentals of uh, revolutionary history uh, black history of uh, latino history or white people's history from a revolutionary point of view we're going to develop a free graphics program for kids that will happen uh every uh morning at six o'clock in the morning hopefully we have comrades making grits we have comrades making pancakes uh for our uh young brothers and sisters as they get ready to go to school we're, we're going to have a martial arts program where we teach self-defense, especially to our, the women of our community. I think that one of the, the most important and effective weapons of revolution in the oppressed community across the board is to bring women into the struggle. Women, especially revolutionary Black women in the Black Panther Party comprise 60% of the movers and shakers. So by teaching them martial arts, they'll be able to defend themselves against the pig when you start talking that pig talk. They'll be able to defend themselves against the ill-considerate brother when he comes upon them in an aggressive manner. We have no problem with teaching self-defense as an instrument of liberation. So we're going to teach martial arts, especially to our women and our babies in the community so they can protect themselves from these predators, whether the predator is a pig or whether the predator is a civilian trying to rape them. We're gonna have a, what we call an arts and craft program. The New African Black Panther Party, we had a comrade that died here in the city of North recently, and he donated almost 50 years worth of revolutionary mem memorabilia and literature that he acquired over his 80 years. And so he gave to the New African Black Panther Party a bunch of books, a bunch of beads, arts and craft, coloring books. We're gonna have that program on the weekend as well. So we're gonna be unrolling a lot of programs. I think one of our most popular program would be the Panther Repair Program. We have so many tools. We have so many comrades in the community that know how to repair a door, repair a window. And when the slumlord uh, do not want to fix a tenant's uh, door or a tenant's window or turn on uh, the water, we can send out a rapid repair team from the Hassan Shakur Community Center to address the needs of that tenant free of charge. In fact, we're going to uh, uh, deduct from the landlord any expenses that we use to repair the tenant's uh, uh, apartment. And I think that's an act of revolutionary love when you show the people that we're not coming here incentivized by the dollar we're coming here incentivized by this idea that you should have a decent a place to live in as a human being absolutely that's what's up um i think most of mine are answered he's kind of gone through for the most part and i i only have one at the end i think so like you can keep going trisha like with whatever questions that you have and then okay 
Um, the next question, this is one that Rob had given us earlier too, was how can people get involved with the Panther Movement or the Second Rainbow Coalition? Oh, power to the people. That's right. You did ask me that. But they can contact, uh, uh, for those in the tri-state area, whether you're in New York, Philly, or New Jersey, or Connecticut, for that matter, you can always visit the Asanshi Court Community Center. That's 309 South Orange Avenue, North New Jersey, 07106 Asanshi Court Community Center, 309 South Orange Avenue, 309 South Orange Avenue, North New Jersey, 07106. You can visit our Facebook pages, uh, it's Zulu Sherrod on Instagram and Facebook, New African Black Panther Party on Facebook, United Panther Movement on Facebook. Uh, so there's a variety of ways in which you can reach us. You can contact uh, uh, Rainbow, Second Rainbow Coalition uh, uh, via Facebook, uh, go on the Second Rainbow Coalition page, and we have a comrade there that will reach out to them as well. Awesome. Um, I'd also like to ask you, because I've seen some of the photos that you've been putting up on Facebook showing that you guys are already um, feeding the community, that you've got food donations coming in and everything. How did you go about getting those connections made in order to really jumpstart that and dive right into caring for the community? Oh, power to the people. Well, I'm, well, I'm not going to reveal how I developed our economic resources just because I'm talking to a broad audience. But I can tell you that we have tapped into uh, various uh, communities here in New Jersey where anonymously they support the revolution uh, uh, through various means. I have a good relationship with someone that owns a food production uh, company uh, she supports the revolution, but she don't want to be known. She's anonymous. And I think that's a good thing. In fact, we have a history of people behind the scenes supporting the revolution. And she has supported us for three years and donating food and other items to the people. But mostly we go uh, in the community and ask uh, the people uh, to support us, not financially because they don't have any money, but to support us by staffing these programs. Uh, so the food program, we call it a revolutionary uh, language, a dual and contending program. That food program is a direct competition with hunger. It's a direct competition with welfare. It's a direct competition with the enemy system because we're teaching our brothers and sisters how to be interdependent on one another, how to feed each other, how to grow your own food in your backyard, on your roof, or in your front yard. You know, it don't take much to piss some seeds in the ground, to be independent of the enemy system. And so our food program, while it's an instrument to protect us from hunger, is also, it has a dual purpose. It brings brothers and sisters who are normally not active in politics into political life because they come and staff our food program uh, every week. They love it more than I love it. In fact, they love it more than the New African Black Panther Party love it because the program is their program now. And that's the purpose of building a base area. When you build a program, you don't build it because it's, it's an idea in your head. You build the program because it relates 
in a concrete way to the actual needs of the people. And when the people see it, it becomes a material force in their lives. They grab it, they hold it, and they 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 ride it because it is a necessary thing uh, on the on, on the pathway to getting some freedom, justice, and equality in our community. They have to be involved, and that's why it's necessary to develop these programs. They those are the people's programs, not the Panther Revolution's programs. I hope I answered your question. All power to the people. Absolutely. Um, I'm just curious going forward from there, like what you would recommend to other groups across the country or around the world that are wanting to do the same thing and get that ball rolling and be able to actually start feeding their communities. Well, I think that just, they should start with what they have right now. Uh, if you have two or three people in the community around the world and they're able to put together $50, $100, they should use that as a starting point to go and purchase either some hot food, clothing, or whatever the community need they're operating in and give it to the people. Over time, that $50, that $100 will mushroom into brothers and sisters supporting your program so now you can feed hundreds thousands possibly millions but you have to start somewhere and you don't necessarily and i want brothers and sisters to listen to me in a real authentic way you don't need a corporate sponsor to take care of your brother in the community you don't need a grant to buy some soup and feed the homeless you don't need the government giving you housing to take a few pieces of cardboard or a few pieces of plywood and construct your own housing. We have to think in terms of defending our future from fascism, from capitalism, imperialism's repression. So building with what you have right now will enable you to be better prepared later on. In the movement we call, we say that if you don't have guns, if you don't have money, if you don't have a headquarters, once you start organizing in the real way, you can have all of that stuff. You got to have good politics, revolutionary politics, those kind of politics that the people say right on, I could get with. But if you got a politics that only moves them into voting every four years, every six years, then you're not going to get any real change. In fact, you're going to be in this condition 100 years from now, whistling in the wind, wondering why we gave this enemy another reprieve because we was too foolish as revolutionaries to get together, get organized, and strike as a mighty blow against this enemy ruling class that is organized as a mighty blow against the working class. All power to the people. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Looking back through my questions here to see if there was anything else that we didn't hit on. 
Um, if anybody in the audience has any questions, by all means, fire away there in the comments, too. Um, let's see. Is this something that you see growing in, in more Panther offices, being able to finally open up across the nation yeah. and around the world? Uh, uh, that's I hope for. That is a, that's right. That is our hope. That is our goal. Uh, I don't know if you are aware, but recently we had a tempted coup in our organization, and the coup plotter split. Uh, uh, therefore, we have to, we had a reset where we're redeveloping the Panther, New African Black Panther Party and the United Panther Movement. We have comrades uh, very limited around the country uh, within the New African Black Panther Party and the United Panther Movement. We have to grow those ranks again. We have to make sure the Panther becomes a living, breathing force in the community again. So we are one year away from an attempted coup engineered by the government of the United States and its flunkies, and I'm not being hyperbole when I say that, we have evidence showing that Keith Malik Washington, who was a member of the New African Black Panther Party, was working for the FBI for 10 years. We have that document. It was released by the San Francisco Bayview newspaper. Malik Washington, or uh, excuse me, Keith Washington, Keith Malik Washington split with the coup plotters. He left when Rashid left. Yeah. Keith Malik Washington denigrated, disrespected the new African Black Panther Party in the pages of the San Francisco Bay View newspaper. And they still haven't apologized to, to us. Keith Malik Washington essentially called us corrupt, called us poisonous, called us every name in the book in the pages of the san francisco bayview newspaper mary radcliffe who is the president of that newspaper and she still haven't apologized knowing that keith malik washington was a flunky of the fbi so keep so so rashid and the others left and good riddance because they were nothing but a headache we have established comrades all across the country that are working in a cohesive, respectful manner. Our organization, organizational responsibilities or duties are more efficient. Uh, our uh, 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 properties for the Panther Revolution, uh, we own our own building as a result of leaving the coup plotters, the splitters, the folks that sent the FBI to my front door. So we're making moves. We have a rainbow coalition that was founded. Second rainbow coalition was founded by the new African Black Panther Party, the Young Lords, uh, uh, American Indian Movement, uh, Fury, uh, and some other groups. And we are in the hundreds when you put the amount of organizations within the Rainbow Coalition and compute its members, we are in the hundreds. So we're growing from a coalition point of view. 
the revolutionary struggle. But as an individual organization, the new African Black Panther Party must be better at meeting the needs, the concrete needs of the people. And so I'm here to say right here amongst our brothers and sisters who are listening that we will be better, we will be, we will be more righteous, we will be more angry against the enemy, but most importantly, we will lead with love amongst our brothers and sisters. Give the new African Black Panther Party another chance, the United Panther Movement another chance. Give the revolutionary struggle another chance. And we will this time be victorious. We shall win because the only thing we have to lose is another capitalist. All power to the people. Oh yeah. Man, I'm glad you guys were able to figure that out and get that fed plant the fuck out of there because that's the shit they do trying to undermine anything that is built to simply help the community. So fuck yeah, I'll throw my fist to that one of getting that FBI uh the fuck out of there. That's what's up because all they want to do is slow up the revolution. And from what I've seen, because I, I watched a lot of that play out last year, and I was like, wait a minute, we've got these people over here that tried to pull a coup, and these people who are actually putting the Black Panther 10-point platform into work and praxis and actually helping the community, gee, I can see who's legit here, and it's you guys. All power to the people. Thank so, you for that, sister. I appreciate that. All power to the people. Let me say, as uh nail on the coffin with this cool thing, these plotters, no one, no one has tried harder than our behind the scenes, brothers and sisters and comrades, to prevent this coup. I did everything in my power to keep Rashid within the folds. I did everything to consult with Rashid on a day-to-day -day basis on the developments of the Panther Revolution. And because of our egos, because Rashid was from, is from Virginia and I'm from North New Jersey, we never had a personal relationship. He don't know me as a personal individual. He know me politically. He know me as a revolutionary. And I thought he knew me as his comrade. We had 20 years together in the prison system, struggling, fighting. Our comrade Casey, who joined us, took a bullet in the head and ran on your state prison. Our brothers and sisters in the New African Black Panther Party, which was shit all around the country. Hassan Shakur, the comrade who the Hassan Shakur Community Center is named in honor of was murdered in the state of Texas. In the state of Texas by our enemy. It was three the hard way. It was myself, Rashid, and Hassan Shakur. And I have to admit and confess that he became dizzy by the glamour of the attention. He became dizzy by the flattery that was being heaped upon him. Everything that 
transpired with the coup plotters should have been dealt with internally as a matter of a structural question right. not a political ideological question because if you look at the coup plotters the name of their organization used to be panther solidarity organization uh now they call themselves i guess pso or non-existent because they're nowhere on the scene but they adopted the same ideology as we have look at their structure it's the same structure as the new african black panther party look at their points of attention it's the same points of attention so the coup plotters they copied and pasted the new African Black Panther Party's ideological and political line onto their fabricated superficial organizational line in order to we in order to wane the true revolutionaries away from the new African Black Panther Party because this is what the government told them to do. Look at what Malik Wash, excuse me, Keith Malik Washington said when we got his uh fbi letter he said man i've been working so hard to break up all these organizations you know i should be a rock star but you're disrespecting me this is what he, this is what keep malik washington said to the fbi you're disrespecting me by not giving me rock star status <laughs> and kevin rashid johnson and keith malik washington it names are on all of those documents published in the San Francisco Bayview newspaper, disrespecting, maligning uh, the integrity of the new African Black Panther Party, myself, Comrade Tom Watts, and along with uh, uh, Minister or our uh, former Minister Kwame Shakur. So, what I'm telling you is there's nothing percolating under the scenes with the coup plotters and it shows you that they were simply working on behalf of the government because think about this where they at they had so much flash in 2020 of january rashid put out a thousand articles talking about why it was necessary for him to split from the new african black panther party and you had a bunch of flunkies out there pushing this nonsense but a, a year and a year has passed where they serve the people programs <laughs> where they don't have any they don't have <laughs> any that's right so that should that's tell cool. you what who were the motivating factor the leadership at that time it was myself comrade minister uh former minister kwame uh comrade casey and our political advisor, Tom Watts. We, the political and ideological line we had is still relevant, still powerful, still potent, because look what we have today. In fact, in three or four days, we'll be putting our own New African Black Panther Party newspaper out there. <laughs> I should have done that right here, brothers and sisters. In a few days, we finally put together our newspaper and we will be distributing it through dc we have a comrade in dc a sister comrade she will be receiving a package of 
the Black Panther newspaper next week. Our comrades in the Rainbow Coalition were receiving a packet of newspapers along with myself. And so this newspaper that is coming out is an instrument of organizing, is an instrument uh, to show our brothers and sisters who are doing the work and why the coup plotters are sitting back laughing in luxury. In fact, some of them I heard got big jobs now since they were able to split the New African Black Panther Party. In fact, I heard at one time that, uh, uh, and I don't want to say her name, but Rashid's wife got a job working for FEMA, you know, uh, carried a gun in a badge at one time until that became known and she gave up the police job. Uh, uh, but this should tell you where these people are at. They are directly in the lap of the enemy power structure. They are police agents, all power to the people. Hell yes. That's one thing. I, I remember a few others calling some of the stuff into question. And I was like, take a look. If these guys who did this coup were putting even half the energy into actually doing some work in the community and praxis as what they're doing into running their mouths on fucking social media and in newspaper articles and stuff like that, you see where their attention and their uh, all of their energy was going. And it was not into the community. It was not into oh, help. To the people. This, That's right. this TV person says that the paper ships out tomorrow. Yep. Say that again, comrade. The CB person says that the paper ships out tomorrow, not... Oh, power to the... So, comrade, she had a paper tomorrow. You hear that? Oh, power to the people. So we're making moves. And I don't want to belabor the coos plotters because they are flunkies of the government. I want to talk more about the upcoming events that uh, we will have, especially for the Assange Shakur Community Center. Our founding, the New African Black Panther Party, was founded on April the 24th, 21st, 2005. So our building is being rehabbed as I, as I speak. I haven't shown any pictures yet. I, folks are tired of me showing updates. They want to see the final product. So hopefully in five or six days, I'll be able to show them that the roof to the Hassan Shakur Community Center is fully done, fully, fully done. And so on the 21st of April, we're going to have an event at the community center honoring, recognizing, acknowledging the founding of the New African Black Panther Party on April the 21st. In addition to that, I want comrades to pay attention to the second Rainbow Coalition event tomorrow. It will be in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, our comrades will be showing a number of films. We will have some people there that were a part of Fred Hampton's original Black Panther Party, some people that, excuse me, were a part of the Young Patriots organization. We will have uh, some elder comrades speaking around Guantanamo. We're gonna be showing the movie, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, because we have some real questions on why was the pig William O'Neill glamorized, held up at the expense of Fred Hampton and the brothers and sisters that were serving the community on a day-to-day -day basis. So we want to show how this pig who was glamorized in Judas and the Black Messiah uh, 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 should be seen in the most negative light. We got some questions on that. So brothers and sisters, pay attention to that. 
And finally, before uh, I end this, uh, Conrad's brothers and sisters, I was supposed to be participating in the event in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I was initially going to fly there, but the federal government told me that uh, I would be subjected to uh, the watch list, watch list procedures, which means that if I go to the airport, North International Airport, they will pull me out of the line. They will take me to a special locked room and they would want to look at all of my clothes, look at my phone to see if it's have any bomb material on it. They will want to scan the insides of my body cavities through uh, some kind of uh, device they have at the airport. And I just didn't want to go through that again. I went through it before and it was horrible. It was degrading. And so I told the comrades that I will participate in the Second Rainbow Coalition via Zoom tomorrow. So brothers and sisters that were anticipating seeing me there tomorrow, I apologize, uh, but I will be in solidarity with you. I will be participating via Zoom in the Second Rainbow Coalition. All power to the people. All power. Um Will you please uh, share with us that link when you get a chance after we wrap this up? Um, I would love to attend that too, um, if possible. You know? Oh, power to the people. I'll definitely send it to you, comrade. Please and thank you. Um, that's beautiful. I love seeing the growth that's happening here. Absolutely. This is, this is exactly what the people need. Um, I do have one more question. Um, so we have covered some issues in the past um and specifically last week with an essay with bell hooks um and there's this assumption that marx was racist and then there is also um just the issue of um non-white leftist parties having issues with communist thinkers um, that were largely obviously white. Um, and I was wondering if you had any insight on that um, or how to address those issues. Well, let me, let, me, let me be clear and say that when people refer to Karl Marx as a racist, I'm not going to dignify that with a response. All you have to do for those who are caught up on skin color is look at the contributions that Karl Marx made to the Civil War here in the United States. I'm not talking about his contributions as the founder of uh, Marxism. I'm talking about the ideas he put forward in terms of liberating our brothers and sisters in the 1860s from the clutches of the slave system. Now, did he see Europe as the fountain from which the socialist revolution will spring? Yes, he did. And did comrades uh, look at that as being xenophobic, as racist? No. The cultural nationalist elements, those who don't want revolution, 
those who are afraid to confront the oppressor, those who want to establish a Swahili school, those who want to wear dashikis, those who want to call themselves Abu Bakr. They don't want to study Marxism because Marxism will expose their hypocrisy. Marxism will expose their identification with capitalism, with their love affair uh, uh, of the enemy system. And so those cats that are running around and don't want to identify with our white anti-imperialist comrades are only showing their level of political development. And it's a very low level. So I wouldn't be upset, uh, feel slighted, or in the least worried that they don't have an, uh, an immediate identification with the revolution. That stuff takes time. It comes over time. They have to see you in practice. You have to break down some barriers. And one of the barriers that our comrades, especially in the movement, and I'm and I'm using that broadly. I'm talking about the white anti-imperialist movement, the brown anti-imperialist movement, and the black anti-imperialist movement. One of the things that we have to begin to realize or recognize will free us is this idea that class struggle, class struggle or class war between the have-nots and those who have is the only option that is available for oppressed people. There's no other alternatives. In fact, a third alternative will be a coward alternative because I want to get in the fight right now between capitalism and communism. So don't worry about people joining the movement right away. Get in the community, do the work, throw some rocks, put out a newspaper, do some serve the people programs, do, do some anti-prison work. And then those who have been on the sideline whistling or criticizing you will have no choice but to bow before facts, bow before concrete conditions. So when you do the work, when they see the work in the community, your question should be, what are you doing? As opposed to sit back and and critiquing and criticizing. What are you doing to elevate, lift up, and expand our brothers and sisters' freedom struggle in the land of white supremacy? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. It uh, brings to mind a quote from Kwame Nkrumah, um, and this is loosely quoted, not verbatim, because I got memory issues, but he was saying that having praxis without theory is going blind and having theory without praxis is fucking empty. You got to have both, bring both to the table and actually invoke those changes that we all absolutely need. Oh, power to the people. You better believe it. And that's why we say in the Panther Revolution that uh, theory for us is peanut butter and practice is like jelly. They both go together and it tastes so good. Eating one without the other will give you an insufficient taste. And it's the same way with revolutionary struggle. Theory, your ideas must materialize on the ground. People need to see tangible results, not what's in your head, but what are you building? Theory without practice, Kwame Nkrumah said, 
is empty. And we implore comrades to put practice, put boots on the ground, and we'll give you some theory later on. Hell yeah. Because that right there is, is the reasoning behind doing the work for the community that fuels oh, it, that drives it, that inspires it to go that much further. And that's what I want to see. And I know that's what everybody here wants to see too. So on that note, thank you. Um, thank you very much for, for the work that you're doing because you're inspiring other people who see the work that you're doing and go, wait a minute, we can do that too. We can put this into action in our communities as well. All power to the people. And thank you for we as many for hosting this interview. And I'm glad that I was able to speak to your audience about some of the work that the Panther Revolution is undertaking at this stage of the revolutionary struggle. So thank you and all power to the people. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been wonderful and I'd love to extend the invitation to come back anytime you wish and speak on any subject that you would love to educate the people on, give us updates on the work that you guys are doing. It's beautiful. And I've very much enjoyed having this conversation with you. All power to the people. Thank you and thank your comrades. All power to the people. Yeah, have a wonderful day. Wonderful night, I should say, the weekend. Thank you, you too. All right, all power to the people. Boots on the ground. All power. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you very much. This thank is you. absolutely awesome. Um, we will be back on Sunday night with another segment from Bell Hook's book, Killing Rage, Ending Racism. And it's As gonna be very much in the same vein with mental health and revolution. Yes, indeed. So looking forward to seeing you all here then. Um, and another huge thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This thank you, too. All power to the people. I appreciate it. It was wonderful being on with you and your comrades. Thank you again. All power to the people. Everyone have a good night. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'm juggling over here trying to find the music file. <laughs> I was like, like, what is she doing? I, I am. I can do that yet, but what's going on? <laughs> hey, everybody knows by now we're great at awkward intros and awkward exits. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. This has been dope. I appreciate all of this. Everything that you are doing, Chairman, as well as the people working with you. Big shout out to Tom Watts as well and his collaborations here too. And uh, to the people. hopefully we'll get to sit down with Tom soon too. Would be beautiful.
Before the 